Joe Boys for their collaboration brewing with uh, Duclaw and Heavy Seas, and we are joined with Kevin Shaw. Am I pronouncing that right? Yep. Um, which is a brewer, um, sort of here at Joe Boys. So, Kevin, we got to talk with uh, Jeff last time we were here, but we didn't get actually the opportunity to talk to you. So, um, give us a little background on how you got from, uh, you know, born to here at Joe Boys. Born? How far back do you want to go? <laughs> as far back as you're comfortable with. Uh, see, I'm originally from uh, Bucks County, uh, a little north of Philly. Um, I moved out here uh, for college. I went to Eatown College, met my wife there. And uh, we stayed in the area because she's from Pittsburgh. So we got some nice strife there with uh, Pittsburgh fans versus Philly fans. Hockey season is fun in my house. You can imagine. Yeah. But um, I'd been homebrewing for about, I guess I'll say maybe probably about seven years now. Um, and I heard that, uh, I heard on actually on the radio that uh, Joe Boys is going to be moving from uh, Mannheim to Litz. And um, I sent an, is it an email or call. I don't know. I think I sent an email in or something. And it probably Joe responded. And uh, then let Jeff know, and I came in for an interview and said, oh, well, maybe we'll need some help sometime. And about six months later, they needed some help, and I kind of started taking the reins, working with a couple of people, and now I'm the only brewer here. Good. Awesome. Yep. So when you originally started, were you still at the Mannheim location, or was it after no, they moved No, I started here? basically, at the, I was here for the first batch of beer here with the system. Okay. And then I just came on weekends, a couple weeks, and then I started like a month later. So I think I started the end of July last year. So it's been almost a year okay. in about a month. So, um, since you started with homebrewing, I imagine jumping to a, a system as large as, as this was probably a little bit of a, a little curve. bit, but it's not like it's a forty-barrel system, so True. it's very similar. I mean, I did things very similar ways. I mean, about it's just a much bigger version of it. Okay, <laughs> a little more better, better equipped with temperature control and stuff like that. But so um, I, I imagine then your homebrew setup is pretty pretty nice at home. Yeah, I use um, I have a. Uh, rolling keg grater and my neighbors when they first saw me they probably didn't know what I was doing <laughs> but um someone's cooking meth yeah it's like a big, it's a big, big wooden rig with a couple of uh, banjo uh, bayou burners I think they're called okay. on either side and I have two kegs and a big cooler 10 gallon rubbermaid cooler and yeah I can do I can do like 10 gallon batches but I usually only do five because it's just my wife and I that drink most of the stuff and okay. we you know I have a three tap keg grater in my basement and I just built a three tap rolling keg grater too, which is really cool. Out of one of those hopper trash cans. Nice. That's really. I just used that in a competition in Philly. It was really fun to actually literally pull up to a competition with a trash can full of 15 gallons of beer. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Uh, pouring your beer out of a trash can. How do you feel about that? Yeah, or, got a lot of comments. Have a little, like, uh, little nozzle at the bottom, and like a little. Like, no, it's full taps and everything. Okay. Oh, 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 you mean for draining it? Yeah, 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 yeah. The I have trash a little can. for the bottom. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And since, since, since I have a three tap keyser at home. And this was three taps. I, d I didn't even bother buying new taps or anything. I just took the taps off, took the same lines, put them in, and saved a little money. So do you oh, have, does the name of the beer relate at all to the trash can? Well, I wasn't a specific beer. I okay. used three taps. And then my wife names all the beers. Okay. I'm not good at that. So <laughs> she, I thought that'd be funny, a funny that, that's her job. if it's... <laughs> keep her around for a reason. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I guess you've been, so you've been with Joe Boys since they opened here at the new yep. Lidditz location, which is pretty exciting. Um, I imagine that um, the Lidditz environment here has been a wonderful in terms of um, plenty of people have been very excited about the, the Joe Boys location. It's really neat. We get, I mean, it's such a tourist town, too. So we get, I mean, it, especially in the summertime, the, when we've been here last year, late summertime, I mean, it's, we get a lot of regulars, but we get a lot of people that it's, it's, it's from all different areas. It's okay. really neat if I'm brewing here and, you know, it's a little downtime, I'll come around and talk to people and ask them where they're from. And we get everything. I mean, we get, you know, New York, California, Maine, I mean, everywhere. And it's, it's neat to hear if, obviously, it's probably their first time here. Right. But um, it's just neat to hear, like, what they like about the town, what they like about our restaurant, things like that. So it's, 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 it's neat to 
get a good gauge on what we're doing right from all different types of people from different places. Nice. Um, so, do you have a lot of uh, input into the, uh, the the recipe creation process? I know uh, Jeff obviously has the ones that he started with way out in uh, yeah. We in have. Mannheim. I'd say there's. I mean, there's a ton we haven't even brewed probably that we've done before from that. But I mean, we have a, a couple dozen recipes from there. And what, typically, what I would do is I'll, I'll make one at home and bring it in. And if he likes, it, he'll say, "Yeah, go ahead." You know, and we'll try it out and see how it goes. The biggest thing is trying it out. If it sells well, we'll keep making it. If not, we'll try something different. Well, I know that the uh, the number of beers that they are making went up uh, at any one time went up significantly from from Mannheim. You guys have something like fifteen on tap at like any one time. Yeah, Mannheim system. I think they could only do like thirteen gallons at a time, so it was basically one keg. Here, I'll do if I do a double batch in the morning, I'll get maybe seven kegs out of it. Wow. So we can like one, that one batch will last a lot longer, so we can in turn do a lot more more different styles. I've noticed you guys go kind of all across the board in terms of style that, uh, you know, it's not just we're doing a couple of, you know, IPAs or a pale ale. You, I've seen barley wines. I've seen, notice up on the board, uh, the Imperial Amber, which I had the last time I was up here. Um, Reds, uh, now apparently a smoked beer. I mean, you guys are sort of doing, like, everything. Yeah, so. it's our goal to try a little bit of everything. I mean, we, we have the tap space. We have the ability to, so why not? Maybe cool. more people will be happy with different styles. Uh, yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I know as a, as a home brewer, that's got to be really hard to have the experience of trying like literally everything under the sun. So it's an, it's it's a neat way to learn different styles too. Like I hadn't I hadn't had much experience with some styles, but when I came here and trying the same recipes there, it's you, you learn a lot in the process, which is really nice. What's been your uh, your favorite beer to to brew here so far? Um. Which like one anything that really stood out to you as being like, oh my god, this is excellent? I love our porter, like, a lot. I is don't there know. a difference between what you like to drink and what you like to make? Yes, very much so. Because <laughs> okay. you were saying, what's your favorite to brew? And then he was like, well, what's amazing to drink? There's like, a, so is there... They can, they can overlap a little. Like, like, porter, I like making it, and I really like the beer. I'm, I'm more of a dark beer person, so... Okay. so and I have to make a lot of Linux lager, because everybody loves that, which is fine. Because depending on the day, I'll drink it, too. But uh, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, bourbon vanilla porter, or, like... Russian Imperial Stout type drinker, oh, nice. and then the occasional IPA and stuff like that. But, but I, I really like the the, the, the stuff that'll I, I don't know, give 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 you a little more mouthfeel than, than some of the, the lighter beers. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know friends here just like that. I go back and forth uh, almost seasonally. Yeah, I can, so I'm same going thing off a too. Kick on the I mean, if, if I if I'm you know outside mowing the lawn or something, I'm not going to come in and drink a Russian Imperial Stout. But but it's nice to it's nice to have a good variety in your in your loop here. Well, and it's, it's, I find it to be a wonderful thing to come into a, a brew pub of this size and have a wide variety to choose that, from. I do like that with us. I mean, a lot of brew pubs, even if you go to like a place like Trogues or something, they might only have eight, eight beers on tap, and plus they're scratch ones, but they're regular beers. That's, and sometimes even their scratch beers are like five IPAs because they're trying to dial in on like a new recipe for IPAs. So, yeah, it's nice to have a lot of different stuff. So, yeah. I mean, if you like beer, you're definitely going to find something here you like. So, do you find a particular um, style that pairs best with the, uh, the, the food here, the barbecue? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't really had both at the same time too often. <laughs> um, I, I guess I can go with what people drink the most of. I mean, we sell the most Lid, Lid Springs Lager and the most Mannheim Red, so that has to probably be the best. They're both good. I mean, yeah. Mannheim Red I really like. It's a good It's a good beer overall for whatever mood you're in, so that that might be my favorite for, for pairing, I guess you'd say. I'll have to. I'll, I don't think I've done my homework enough on that one. I'll have to try more beers and more. <laughs> oh, beer caught yourself there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh no, you have to try more beers. <laughs> exactly. oh, research. I've had a ton of ton of your beers and a, ton, and a lot of the barbecue, but I don't think I've ever explicitly been looking at the t- the putting the two together. Because um, that's you know if that's that bullet I have to or like grenade I have to jump beer. on. <laughs> For sure. Okay. 
Um, so what's your your brew schedule like? Is it? I mean, I know a lot of places. Um, like last time I was up at Brewery Omegon, there are guys who work in like slavish hours, and um, it sounds like you guys actually are at good capacity where you don't necessarily mean working yeah, all the time. Yeah, I do basically about twice a week. I'll brew a double batch each time, okay. um, and it's it's mostly what about what we need, how many kegs we have available to brew that. Okay. Because I mean, I don't want to brew too much and then wait forever because we don't have enough kegs kicked or something like that. Right. Um, we it's a good balance seasonally too. It all depends on how busy we are because we don't we don't distribute it all. It's all in house. So it all depends on what we sell in the brew pub. That's cool. Well, yeah, twice a week I'll come in early in the morning and, you know, brew takes about 10 hours or so for the double batch and get cleaned up and on to the next day of brewing. So how's the uh, community here in Lidditz between brewers? I mean, there's obviously, like, a ton of guys in the area. Yeah, there's there's uh, two breweries down the street. There's one opening up in um, in East Pete. There's there's a lot of them in the area, but we're, I mean, we, we don't really talk much <laughs> okay. we're all busy with our own jobs but That's i mean true. but when we do see them i mean it's 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 nice so you say well, it can't be too bad because you got two other guys here today that are uh, technically competitors yeah you know, well kind of they're, they're all in another state too so uh, it's that's true but um but yeah i mean i found mostly for the most part in beer community it's pretty it's a pretty tight close-knit type community where people are very happy to help out and it's you're not really competing against each other you're just competing against like anheuser-busch is really who you're competing against so it's as long as we can take up some market share, we're happy. I figure it's sort of like uh, Burger King, McDonald's, that even when they open across the street from one another, that just becomes a fast food destination. Yeah, people still buy them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's actually it's actually almost like a beer destination here. I mean, we got a couple of good restaurants, a couple of good breweries in here, and it's not that big of a town. So, I mean, it's really nice to have the foot traffic come in and, and seeing people come in. You know, and they're ooh, that place looks nice. And well, and you guys have like the perfect location downtown. Yeah, you couldn't ask for a better location. I mean, we're yeah. right, right, literally at the corner of like the center of town. Right. And I mean, it's, it's people walk by and they, they look at the menu on the wall and they say, ooh, barbecue, beer, let's go here eat here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I imagine you get probably a lot of what second Lidditz is second Friday. Second Friday is Lidditz. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you guys probably get a ton of foot yep, traffic. Yeah, it's very busy on that. Thing. Like like uh, whenever I come in on Monday mornings and I'll see downstairs how many kegs were kicked you can say oh wow that was a busy weekend <laughs> <laughs> nice nice that's cool yeah. that's cool i guess i really thought about it that you don't have to worry about actually the physical sales you can just look at the quantity of beer drank and it's been like well we had a good weekend yeah that's i guess how it works <laughs> awesome uh, i have to imagine working for uh jeff and joe has got to be pretty pretty great i mean they seem like uh people who are really dedicated to the yeah they're they're, the a, they're a fun couple they they, de- they definitely they each have their strengths for for who to go to if you have questions or something but um, they're they're definitely great to work with. They're, they've they've been a great help with me learning the system and stuff too. Cool. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit for our listeners, like what the system is and uh, how how big of a nice step up is in terms of size. Like obviously, you're not talking like like Troke's giant capacity, but no, um, it's a it's a Sabco Nano Magic system. I guess you'd call it. It's a it's a two barrels system, and our fermenters are four barrels. Okay. Um, actually, if you look on the Sabco website, it's it's the same system that Dogfish Head uses at their uh, Rehoboth Brew Pub as their like oh, nice. test test facility. I think they were the they helped develop it or something. We were probably one of the first ones that bought bought it after that. But um, yeah, it's two barrel system. Um, it's all steam powered. If if you can hear it in the background, it's I guess I call it kind of semi automatic. I mean, there's still a lot of manual stuff to it. It's not the same as like a huge system where it's pretty much just push button and watch. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it you know you, you do there's a touch screen. You push buttons and things things move around the process that's supposed to, and then it it you just move some hoses around and dump some grain and that's for the most part what you do. Well, having done a, ton, a bunch of homebrewing myself with a very, very beginner system. Um, Do you have a pump at all? Uh, no. Because a pump helps so much. <laughs> uh, that was a great I, investment. <laughs> well, and it's like, it's, it's so tough. The uh, carbonation control is, is like super hard as a, yeah. you know, as a novice and, and temperature control is such a nightmare. 
And so coming into here and really seeing, like, because, you know, you do brewery tours and you do them in, like, giant breweries. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's the giant, like, cylinder that does this and here's the giant cylinder that does it's, that. Here it's, it's a lot easier to see what each thing does because it's all in one spot. Exactly. And I said temperature control is the best because that's one thing I've noticed that makes beer ten times better if you control the temperature, which you can't do at home very easily. I can't at home very well. Yeah. I put my beer on my dining room table to control the temperature because it's too <laughs> cold in the basement. <laughs> so, that yeah, I have to imagine that's got to be, like, a godsend. So, uh, yeah, it's actually been um, a really, really nice opportunity for us to sort of sit in here and, like, watch you guys do what you do, um, how attentive it is. Because I think people don't realize how much work goes into brewing, that you guys aren't just sitting there sipping beer while everything just sort of happens in the background. There's a lot, a lot of work that goes into it. Yep, it's a lot, a lot of different things, but it all comes together pretty well. Nice. Cool. Well, um, looks like everybody's sitting to get some little food, so I won't hold you up too much, because okay. uh, we'll have you back when we do... Oh, and there goes a the timer. ...the large group. So, uh, Kevin, thanks for, for, jo yep. for joining us. Thanks for talking to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> It could be a little, little, little awkward at first. Yeah. It's you all right. Saw, you saw we do videos for a lot of our beer releases. I had to dress in drag in the last one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have no shame. What was the, the last beer release? Uh, it was. Yeah. Hold the microphone and talk about this, please. Oh, for our beer releases. <laughs> yeah, you were dressed in drag. You just yes, said. Yes, I had to. We have a beer called Morgasm because we had a, a girl that worked oh, yeah. with us. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a light blonde ale with uh, grapefruit zest. Okay. So the, the premise of the uh, video was we had to go to a distributor. Right. And it was one of our lady salespeople. Okay. But her car broke down and had to send one of us. But this blind like guy with no vision at the distributor was expecting a woman. So I was the last one to say not it. And they made me go in. And there's a whole shot of one of our younger brewers putting makeup on me in a very bad way. Like even fingernail polish. You've got the beard, though. Yeah, oh, no. But that was, it was just a joke. Nice. Yeah, okay. So nice. I was wearing a wig. And I had a dress on. And, I, like, I don't know. I had two grapefruits right here. Nice. And, nice. yeah, it was... It was not my highest moment, but it was fun to do. <laughs> At least you went, you went well in doubt as opposed to not well in doubt. Yeah. You know, shapely, shapely. So uh, it should be online in like a couple weeks. What's the label look like for Morgasm? It's uh, it's the one that looks like a uh, bubble gum. It's a lot of different colors, blue background. Okay. It's like pink and orange, and the O is a grapefruit. Okay, because there was we were, I'm and I'm blanking. This is why I need to have like show notes up in front of me all the time. We were just reporting on another beer that sounded similar in name that was getting like all manner of hell for being sexist for uh, oh. having a geisha on the bottle and from the label and everything else with oh, a yeah. orgasmy sort of. It's probably dogfish. And, I don't uh, know. Yeah, somebody who. Yeah, it, it was. It, I mean, I was looking at the raging it. bitch that you were talking oh, about. Oh, no, it was, it was Sweetwater out of Georgia. Okay, I don't um, know. I and they had seen that one. like tissues on the like on the label. It was very uh, masturbatorily um, oriented. No, so I, no. I remember uh, Dogfish had the golden shower for a year until <laughs> they finally got in trouble for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always look at them and go, hey, you know, if, if it's all in good fun, it's all in good fun. But apparently, some people do get upset. Yeah, but getting through the TTB is sometimes a pain. I, yeah, well, especially since it's like one dude who's yeah. getting all of those label submissions. It's pretty intense. Yeah, Mr. Martin. <laughs> Mr. Battle know Martin. Well. <laughs> Well, I've just was talking to other people and how they have to deal with them. I mean, he he will somehow pass a label at like two a.m. in the morning on Sunday just because he's like, I I felt like doing it. And walked <laughs> up there and did it. You know, so it's just this guy works all the time. I can imagine. Well, the delay for getting approvals like a couple of months now, isn't yes. it? So it's well, they're getting a little faster because they're finally understanding what beer is. I guess. I don't <laughs> know. I mean, when we first started doing barrel beers. That was a pain because they're like, "What? What is this? I don't. It's not beer. It's not Budweiser. I don't know what's going on." 
And if you do spices, you got to go through every spice, every process. I mean, the uh, FDA just came through for the first time. They're like, well, we want to start uh, tracking all this because you guys are getting pretty big down here. We're like, this little little lady, like in her 50s, looks like she had never had a beer in her life. <laughs> and she's trying to regulate it. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come and drink a bunch of yeah. her things and uh, see what you like they're and like, don't like. Yeah, they're like, what's that over there? That's called grain. You know? <laughs> so, it's, an in, it's an ingredient that goes into these things that you're supposed to yeah. be an expert on. Yeah. <laughs> yay, yay. So that was fun. So wow. Kurt, right? Kurt, yes. am I right? Yes. What's your last name, Kurt? Kroll. Kroll. Okay, from Duclaw. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. So um, I guess... Give us your background. How did you get into brewing? How did you end up at um, Duclaw? I started home brewing in, I think, 2003. Okay. And then around 2007 or 2008, uh, a guy in my homebrew club knew Hugh Sisson at Clipper City. Well, okay. I call it Clipper City. Everybody calls it Heavy Seas now. Um, they were looking for a brewer, and they interviewed me, and they were stupid enough to hire me. So I <laughs> became a brewer. Nice. Around On April 1st, which was funny. So um, <laughs> so I that was a good training brewery. Okay. I'll tell you what, our, the old system was very manual. Which helped me out with our, our new system we just got. Uh, it's very automated. Okay. But I can understand what's going on. So um, so I was there for, I think, two and a half years. And then the head brewer at Ducal, Jim Wagner, um, I knew him for about, I don't know, five, six years. And they needed a person because uh, they were going to start packaging. So they needed okay. to bring on some guy to help them out. We had this really, really interesting first bottler that uh, almost took Jim's hand off one day. Um, oh. Yeah, it was... It was not very well made, but um, we got a new one now. It's, it's much better. <laughs> so things got going. We just moved into a new warehouse two and a half years ago and got went from a 40-barrel brew house to a 60. Okay. And um, right now on our schedule, we're brewing about three times a day on that thing. It will go up because we just got four new uh, fermenters in, and they're already planning on more. So it's just nonstop. I mean, it's... Oh, it went from like two brews a day to three. We'll probably start going four, five to six days a week. You know, wow. it's just it's just going crazy. But well, I mean, your beer is amazing. I know we were talking about it earlier. Uh, Sweet Baby Jesus is probably yes, in my yes, top ten of biggest seller. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really, really <laughs> good. It's the beer. one that I call making the donuts because we do about sixty percent as our sales of that. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. Um, I also enjoy what serum is your double IPA? Yes. What's the the actual just straight up IPA? Uh, Neon Gypsy right now. Okay. That's um, we just uh, started selling in Ohio, and they are selling a lot of that IPA. Okay. Yeah, we just got a new toy, uh, a hop gun from uh, Browcon, the company that made our brew house. Okay. It's not a hop rockets per se, but uh, all our IPAs are, are a lot more um, alive now. I guess you could say. If you get uh, it Gypsy now, it's just it's it's up there. <laughs> I mean, I used to think it was good, but now it's just every time I go to our restaurants, I probably probably be drinking Gypsy. Well, I know we, you guys definitely distribute up here because I see it at our local favorite mm-hmm. place, The Fridge, and uh, I've had a bunch of your stuff. I've had your beer at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair yes. for the Beer Fest there, yes. which was great. Your line was obscene yes. the entire time. We were just at Mount Hope uh, right next to Sierra Nevada, and they didn't have a line, which was we were just looking at going, really? <laughs> you guys have had Nooner, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Not that it's not, well, it's, sometimes it's the stuff that you haven't had before. That, uh, it was just amazing because, yeah, I mean, I kept going over there getting the Nooner and whatever. They had another hoppy lager. I'm just like, yes, yes. <laughs> so. I like the Nooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So that's cool. So you came up from a, a homebrewing background yes. and then uh, kind of cut your teeth at Heavy Seas. Mm-hmm. So that explains the collaboration here because I couldn't quite understand how... Well, Hugh, Hugh and Dave would probably never do this on a large scale. So this okay. is the official, unofficial collaboration okay. between Heavy Seas, Duple, and Joe Boy. So. All right. <laughs> the official, unofficial, I like it. Uh, well, that's good. I mean, I, I've always appreciated the fact that uh, the brewing community seems to be, for as, as large of an industry as mm-hmm. it is, uh, fairly small and close-knit, and that everybody seems oh, to really appreciate. No, yeah, I mean, we, we help out all the, well, most of the breweries uh, in our area that will play along. It's It, it benefits everybody. Okay. I mean, we have uh, uh, a guy that just bought a 20-barrel brew house, was a seven, called uh, Oliver's, Pratt okay. Street, right next to outside of um, Camden Yards. Oh, right. We've done like eight or nine collaborations with them. Okay. We just did one with Cigar City in Florida. Ugh. Um, we're trying to do them. I mean, it, the, it's fun for the brewers. It's it's uh, chaos for marketing, but because um, <laughs> they're like, "What are you doing? What is this?" You know, and then just everybody working together. But yeah, I think uh, trying to work with everybody in your area only helps the business. Because I mean, we borrow grain from uh, Heavy Seas every now and then because you know stuff happens. Right. But um. Being able to have a brewer right down the street help you out is fantastic. I mean, we're good friends with Union in Hamden and outside of Baltimore and stuff okay. like that. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, with Cigar City, did that mean you guys got down to Florida? Or uh, two of the brewers here? went down. I, unfortunately, work in the brew house <laughs> so much, so I let them go. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one that's usually always on the brewery during the day because I'm <laughs> – they call me the angry brewer at work because when I'm at work, I – I want work done, and so I'm always just I'm, I'm going to the brewery. You guys have fun. I'm going to the brewery because you know chaos is always happening. I got to make sure the fires are put out. So. Okay. Well, how many breweries do you guys have there? Right now we have about four or five. Only two or three work on the brew house. Okay. Four of them uh, do the, the filtering, centrifuging stuff like that. Okay. I do uh, cellar work. I mean, we don't have like a per se cellar work, so I'll get in the morning. Mash in, clean a tank if I have to, get everything ready for the day. We have a couple of brewers that are running the bottling line. We're going to start switching around. A lot of people in our brewery uh, can do everything. Okay. Which is weird. I'm not used to that because when I was at Heavy Seas, it was just brewing. That was it. You had your packaging. That was it. Okay. So we're trying to, I mean, it's going to get too big, but right now we have a lot of people that are cross trained uh, the entire board. That's good. I know a lot of guys get in. Um, we have a friend who works at Betrogues who got his foot in the door through their their, their packaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually start at cellaring, like cleaning so, tanks. Yeah, Yay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a highly sought-after job. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's nice because we've done a lot of interviews with people who have been like um, like classically, I guess, classically trained, whatever, kind of oh, people. Yeah, I and love then, that. that. And then there's, trained. Yeah, yeah, no, whatever you want to say. Means, yeah. uh, <laughs> but then, I mean, it's 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 wonderful that you can start out in your basement doing uh-huh. small batches and then be a professional brewer making great beer. I personally think that's better. I mean, I've met some of the guys that work at Go to Siebel. They know the science that I would never really worry about, <laughs> but they can't put a tri-clamp together as soon as they get to the brewery. It's just like, it's it's a lot, brewing's a lot of physical work. It's the, yeah. I mean, the science is, is there, but once you get a program set, you don't really have to worry about it. I mean, you get the basics, but, uh, I mean, it's more just moving, cleaning, just managing your time well, because there's a lot of things going on at any moment. You have to be able to multitask what you can, and it's just funny watching the Siebel guys come in. Well, I know this 120-degree rest will do this, blah, 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 but you can't put two hoses together. (laughs) 
Well, so. That's a problem with uh, academia yeah. in all manner of fields. Yeah, they get it because they went to Siebel and they're really interested in it. It's just funny when they first get there. You're like, what? What? I don't know. I don't know my ass or my elbow. Yeah. But uh, I remember the first time I put a pose together. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so uh, obviously, it sounds like you guys are up in this area quite a bit. Yes. Um, just socializing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we yeah we love lit it so. Yeah, we usually stay at a B&B down the road. Nice. The uh, Speedwell Forge. Okay. The Wolf Sanctuary. Oh, the Wolf Sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we always come up. We're trying different ones now. I mean, we're staying one down the street just because we're trying to hang out around here as much as we can. That's cool. So so how did you meet uh, Jeff and Joe? Um, John and Pam, uh, the, our friends from Clipper, we go to the Celtic Fling at uh, Renaissance Fair or Mount Hope. Okay. Uh, the event that just happened. And then driving through Mannheim, they stopped there one day. And we went in on, I think it was four years ago. <laughs> And we've just been coming up ever, ever since. I mean, we, we come to this area as much as we can, Lancaster. I mean, I go to the Iron Hill just down across the college as much as I can because okay. we just found out about the fridge. So uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we come up here and we're drinking. So so um, so we haven't been out to Baltimore much, okay. but uh, what would you consider the great places, obviously, other than Duclaw and Heavy Seas? That would well, be if, you're going to to ba- to if you're going to a baseball game, you want to go across the street to Pratt Street. Okay. It's a uh, it's an English style brew pub. He uses a I think it's a Pugsley, but it's a uh, it's all Ringwood English beers, and he does them really well. And they're generally around four or five percent beer, so you can have a few of them. Excellent. And he does a really good job with those. Uh, you can go to Union in Hamden. They usually do. I think they have a bar on the weekends and open. They do growler sales. I mean, we have uh, three restaurants in the area, but they're outside of Baltimore. You go to Brewers Art, which has been there forever. Uh, just north of downtown in Baltimore. Okay. They yeah, Volker. Uh, he's been doing Belgian style beers for years, but they're they're his kind of style. So I would check them out. I'm trying to think of any other places. There's a lot of little places popping up that I saw. I haven't even been to yet. Little four or five barrel places. So I mean, Ocean City. There's like seven, eight, nine breweries now, and there used to be one. So right. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's great because the market obviously has gotten larger, but I feel that demand has gotten even larger than the market. There. Yeah, but there's going to be a, a little hiccup coming in a few years just for raw materials. So that's, I mean, grain growers are finally expanding their acres, but that'll be three, four years before we even see that. And that, the way everybody's growing, I have no idea what the next couple of years. I mean, hops, you can't, you're doing contracts for hops in two, for 2019 to 20 right now. Wow. And a lot of them are already sold out. They haven't even grown them yet, and they're sold. So that's crazy. It's it's gonna be interesting the next few years. How's access to getting like experimental stuff? Because obviously you guys are always trying to make new beers with new ingredients. But, but like uh, the experimental hops, yeah. you just have to have a relationship with the hop grower. Okay. Give you the HBC three five whatever. Okay. And I mean, it's just got to be quick because once you get it, you got to get a test batch, see what it tastes like, and then you have to order it before somebody else does. Because okay. I mean, there was a hop called Lemon Drop that we were like, hmm, stone bought it all. Before anybody could even touch it so it's it's gonna happen i mean dogfish Shed has the money to to pull that so yeah in a few years it's going to be what cagliani says a bloodbath well i feel like uh from talking to other guys that like even the equipment sales right now are like oh, yeah. cutthroat yeah you have to order kegs months in advance and that's that's the biggest pain right now it's just because the stainless steel is hard to come by nice. it takes forever and everybody's doesn't have enough kegs i mean it takes about six months to get a new fermenter once you order it so okay and I imagine pricing for all of these things is just going up and up and up as, oh, the, yeah. as demand gets yes. higher. I mean, 
bourbon barrels, you can't you can't get them anymore. I mean, they're all bought. The the distillers don't even have enough. I mean, they they get them made, but then they're already sold. Wow. And yeah, it's just they they used to be like ninety bucks a pop. Now they're like two fifty. Jesus. That's just it's part of the business demand. So. Yeah. I mean, it's good. You're selling, right? You oh, can't yeah. complain when you're selling. But. Yeah. So I know we were talking earlier. You seem like a guy who wants to kind of just throw everything into a beer and see what sticks. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Yeah, the other guys at the brewery were doing more traditional stuff, and I've, I've thrown lots of weird things. I mean, when I was homebrewing, I did a colch, and I threw 10 pieces of well-done bacon just to see uh-huh. what it did. It, was, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I cooked off all the fat, so it's still carbonated. <laughs> but you got a nice, fatty, smoky flavor. I mean, uh, I did a, I told telling you earlier, a pumpernickel beer. Just It tasted just like pumpernickel bread. I got it right the first time. I don't know how I did it. But. <laughs> Sounds great to me. I yeah. would have uh, definitely had a glass. If I, I mean, none of them will work. I just tried to do a pail with uh, wasabi powder. I don't recommend that. It I, doesn't I, work. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I, I dumped that five, ten-gallon batch straight down the train. I'm like, nope, we're not drinking this because I got other things. So does the brew pubs, uh, the restaurants, do they have, um, like, experimental stuff there? No, for we, we only have, like, a 15-gallon more beer system we're doing for our 60-barrel brewhouse test batches. Okay. Um, we're going to work on doing, like, 30-barrel batches, I guess, like, half batches of just random things, get it out, send it to distributors so they know what we, we're thinking or making, put it on the restaurant, see what people say. Okay. But there really isn't that much like test stuff i mean they get barrel aged things and that kind of one-offs at the restaurant but none of these like scratch series okay. strokes do nothing like that well i feel like with the with the the restaurants you have a like tapped in market to try yeah. and get feedback mm-hmm. so if something fails eh, yeah but you have that immediate feedback i mean right now we have 24 different beers of ours on tap at the restaurant so if you get a sample you're getting 24 like five ounce pours people just like don't do that to me <laughs> Yeah. See to me that sounds wonderful, but yeah. I, I know it is. I mean, I look at it, I'm like, damn, that's that's nice because you get everything. So I've gone to places like that where the the waitress is like, oh, you want to do a flight of what? And it's just like one of everything, mm-hmm. and you can see her roll her eyes like, god damn it! Now I have to go and actually yeah. tell the bartender to do that. Um, but it always ends up a great way to get a little bit of like all the styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we had nine beers, we used to go and do the adult size sampler, one full pint of everything. Nice. <laughs> but you can't do that now because most bars have like a hundred beers, or I know. Well, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, so you were the the genius behind perhaps what we're brewing today? Was your idea to do oh, the, the uh, concept? I guess it was me. I can't okay. remember. But yeah, I just thought it, it's barbecue place. Why as well make a smoke beer? And I'm like IPA, go for it. So I find it interesting. Um, well, I guess so. For I mean, obviously those who uh, homebrew and experiment in our audience probably know a little bit about going through. But like as an actual brewer coming up through in recipes, mm-hmm. what is the like? How do you sit there and go? I have a feeling that perhaps this style IPA, like with these hops, might go well with the smokiness. Well, it's just I've used all the a lot of the hops, and I know what flavors they'll Something. give. And I've I've homebrewed, and I know what certain malts will do, and I just know. Out of just experience, this doesn't work. This works. Okay. This is what this is what you usually throw into a generic pale style or a stout. You need to use this and this, but not that. You know. Okay. I mean, I I took BJCP courses. I've been a, a judge or whatever. I don't even know if I'm certified. There's so many different <laughs> levels of that. I haven't done that in years. But um, taking a course is really good because the person will go through every style. Like, you'll do a Sours one day, you'll do Stouts Porters one day, you'll do IPAs one day. And you get an idea of what's supposed to be in that beer. Okay. Like, uh, the profile, the, the hops, the, the malts, you know, the water, what kind of water you're supposed to be using. Okay. 
So it's just, you know, it's just experience. I've been doing this for what? Or brewing for 12 years now. So I've done a little bit of everything. Not get, much Belgians. Getting but good at it finally. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would hope. Well, I know from like the consumer side of things, mm-hmm. you know what you like and you don't like, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean you pay attention to or oh, no, care I, about what's like what hops are used yeah. to know. I mean, I'm not a big sour fan, but I'll drink them just to know like what people are looking for. Uh, it feels like right now as sour as they can possibly get. I feel like I'm a huge sour guy, but even now you're pushing the upper limits of what I want to consider yeah. enjoyable to drink. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we probably will never do a sour because we don't want to infect our brewery. That Once that stuff gets in the walls, you are not getting it out. Okay. So that's why we're keeping Brett out of the, out of the building, any of that kind of stuff, because... I mean, you pretty much have to strip the walls down, bleach the entire place. So, yeah, I don't want to do that. So, uh, there's obviously certain challenges to like open air fermenting if you yes. want to do the wild stuff and all yeah, that. Yeah, no, not a fan. Nah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to do it, but yeah. <laughs> well, and everybody's focus is on on your uh, on your particular style, what you're interested in, and you guys certainly have a, a depth of beer flavors and styles. So it's not like you're yeah. We're just knocking out a single lager or something. Yeah, I know. I think the last time somebody did numbers, we have like 150 different beers we've made over the years, which is too many. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's your, your largest market? I Obviously, obviously, Baltimore area would probably be first. Baltimore. but um, You'd be surprised. Since we just got to Ohio, the Cleveland area is drinking our beer like crazy. Wow, my sister lives out there. Yeah. She can get it now. Um, Beverage is the distributor, and they were they were very nice to us when we went up the first week. And I tell you, they they sold just as much of our Neon Gypsy as the rest of the distributors combined. Wow. So I mean, we have different markets. New Jersey uh, seems to be pretty moving pretty well. Okay. They they can drink up there as well. Um, Pennsylvania is tough around Philly because you have Trogues like latched everywhere in Victory. Yeah. Everybody knows them. It's like the local boys. Uh, I guess a little bit of Northern Virginia, and we just got into uh, North Carolina. So okay, but it seems like Ohio is going to be very good, very good to us. That's interesting. Well, it's probably smart that you guys are in there earlier because um, Victory and Trogues don't really go out that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but yeah. Well, well I always thought it was weird. Uh, Turkey Hills, our local Minute Mart, that is the amazing ice cream and mm-hmm. and, uh, and iced teas. Yeah, and we they were- go north south like crazy, but. You can't even, like, Pittsburgh isn't even on their radar really? inside PA. And they're up in, like, Massachusetts. And you're like, what the hell? Mm. Georgia, Massachusetts, why? Um, so, yeah, distribution is weird. I don't know what is the Is it just is. because the cities that go along the East Coast are closer together so that when you're driving north, like, it's uh, easier. Like, to drive to Pittsburgh is, what, five hours or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But to drive to New York City, it's three. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could hit two major cities going north, but mm-hmm. you only got one going west uh, in that amount of time. You never know who, how they have that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's not go by numbers. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so do you guys have anything cool on the docket coming in the pipeline? Um, well, we're always doing new new uh, beers. Um, we have a new hop series called Hop Continuum. Okay. We just came out with number two, which was a Mosaic Red. Ooh, that, uh, that should have just hit the market. Uh, the third one might be uh, one of my recipes of it's a, a very... What we like to keep our IPAs balanced, as in it has body and it's not way too thin or like West Coast IPAs, but this next one is going to be that on purpose. It's going to be basically Pilsner malt, which is really light, okay. and we're going to hop as much out of it as we possibly can just to do it 
Let's just say California, we can do this too. Yeah, basically. So I'm always a big fan of the East Coast stuff because of that nicer. But mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about Green Flash earlier, like Palette Record and mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. not that they're not, not that it's not a bad beer, but like holy crap, you know, yeah, it's, it's just it's wipes a bit you much. out. Yeah. It's like well, I can't taste yeah. anything after this other than bitter hop. Um, I mean, we're working on whatever we can. Uh, it's just hard to come up with things. I mean, we were about to do a beer that a brewery right down the street beat us to. They're like, what? Did you hear we were doing this? So, you know, it's just one of those. You got to fast track some beers. Other beers, you got to tweak and keep doing test batches. So, they went for the bacon beer too, or what? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a, a smoke beer. We're we're trying out that the the head brewer came up with. It's a nice mesquite one, and every we all love it because we like smoke. But some of the other people that work, like I don't know, I can't get into smoke. It's I equate it to like gin. You you have to drink ten of them, and then you can't. You'll you love it all, or you just won't ever like it. Ever. Yeah, I can understand that. But well, I, I guess you guys are doing the smoked by smoking the malts. You're not doing yeah. any extract or anything like no, that. No, no, it's yeah. uh, the malt. I think he was. I think it was just Roush malt that he got. I didn't. I didn't get to look at the bag, okay. but I know it was smoked malt. So well, that's good. I feel like the smoked beers I've had that have been extract are usually way too. Smoked. It's like yeah. chewing campfire. Oh no, uh, the test batch we got to try. It, it was a nice level. It's just the right amount of smoke. Where if you're if you're not too offended by it, it was good. Okay. It was a nice just in the back. I'm, ex- so. I'm excited for the release. Um, is is it just going to be here at Joe yes. Boys, or will you have? No, nah, it'll just no. be here. Okay, that's that's cool that you guys get to do it. But mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, I'm assuming you guys will probably get a couple of glasses oh, to take home yeah, for family yeah. or something. Yeah, like <laughs> fill, like right yeah. now. Yeah, we'll be back, we'll be back up when it's when it gets on tap. So. Okay, awesome, mm-hmm. cool. Um, well, we'll let you get back to, to work as yeah. it were. <laughs> yeah. uh, but thanks for uh, spending some time with you. Oh, I think no we're problem. gonna do a whole. Everybody thing later. Really? Really? And, uh, I came so. up here for this, so yeah. But I'm glad that you came up. Um, oh yeah. Hopefully we see you at the fridge or federal tap house later this weekend. Because yes, uh, that's on our. We have a we have a game plan. We'll be drinking there probably just yeah, accidentally. You'll see us there. Yeah. It's just this is what happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. We're 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 doing the fridge and definitely the Fed tap. Yeah. Because, 100 beers on tap. How do you miss yeah. that? So <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, sir, for your no time. No problem. Thank you. Right, thank, thank you. you. So, uh, John, um, for everyone at home, what's your last name? Uh, Eugenie. E-U-G-E-N-I. Okay. And you're a brewer at Heavy Seas. Uh, I am. Okay. Or was, technically. Was, um, technically. I'm now a production manager, so I, I brewed for a couple of years. Right. Um, I then our packaging manager at the time left. I then took over the, the running the packaging line, did that for a few years, and as the business grew, uh, I got more involved in the logistics and planning and inventory control for the brewery. And less so in the in the hands-on operation of the machines. So uh, I've slowly moved into uh, just like I said, just doing all the logistics behind the scenes. So okay. So production manager, I guess, would be like blanket for literally starting with brewing to packaging to all of that. Yeah, exactly. So anything, all the all the scheduling that we do. So I do all the planning for what's going to go into what tank, when, okay. uh, when it's going to come out, how we're going to package it, how many cases it goes into versus. How many kegs? All that fun stuff. So, yeah. lots of spreadsheets, lots of uh, lots of time in front of a computer. See, that's just impressive to me. Uh, it's been really exciting talking to more and more brewers because, or more and more people in the industry because, I don't think people realize that there's that much behind the scenes that goes on. That you just assume, really well, they just make some beer and they put it in the thing and it goes. But there's yeah, exactly. There's 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 so much stuff. I mean, everybody you know, everybody wants to know the brewers. They want to talk to the guys that make the beer. But you know, of a we've got a staff of close to 50 people now. You know, and I think eight or eight or nine of those are, are brewers. So okay. you know, you've got to think you've got warehouse people. You've got uh, 
you know, you've got people in sales and marketing and, and just administration and tax com compliance. So there's there's a lot, you know, and as you as the brewery gets larger, all the demands for all of that obviously get a lot bigger too. So awesome. Uh, so how far back do you plan a beer for like release? So for like a seasonal or like a new release, are you talking like months in advance? You're sort of like we're gonna do this and have it ready. Or? Generally, so so there's sort of two different. Um, Two different planning schedules that we're looking at. We're looking at a long-term forecast for the year. So, you know, we know that, say, our, our fourth quarter seasonal release, we're going to do winter storm. You know, okay. we know that we're targeting a release date of, uh, of September on that. So um, we have sort of that general plan as we go into the year. And then for the more specific schedules, I'm usually running on about a, a six-week rolling schedule. Okay. And the further you get from today, the looser the schedule is, obviously. So <laughs> things change. Orders, you know, we... As orders come in from our, our distributors, who are ultimately our customers, that we're trying to fill their needs, and you know, so as as their demands change, our demands change, and so we have to react to that and be agile enough to, to make sure that we get them the beer that they need for, okay. for their customers. So, um, so I try to plan out generally what we're going to do over the next six weeks, but usually the, the the schedule doesn't take doesn't really become solid until about the week before, and then we really nail it down and say, okay, here we are. Yeah. That's awesome. what we're gonna do. It's, it's interesting because it is a business, obviously, and uh, for homebrewers, it's not. You know, you make what you want to make, and it's all about you and what you want to drink. Right. Uh, but once you're in a business, that you know, uh, there are things that the customers are gonna like maybe more than you like making or like drinking yourself, and you gotta. There's a whole process to it, of course, and of, right. and then speaking of the weird tri-state area that we're in that has obscene liquor laws that you know really exactly. limits what you can do and how much can go where it's it's got to be quite a mess so yeah. i imagine there's a huge team there that, that keeps all that stuff straight yeah and you know we're selling beer in 18 states now uh so you've got all those different states like you said they you know they each have their own different uh idiosyncrasies with their liquor laws uh and you've got different markets you know we the, the type of beer that we sell in in Cleveland is going to be different, you know, maybe different from what we sell, how we sell it in, in Baltimore. So it's uh, there's, there's different market demands too. You know, we've got so we're in Florida. We've got beach accounts there where you know they they go can heavy, they want draft heavy. They're not not selling as much bottles. So you know, there's always those those dynamics there. Yeah, it's definitely fascinating because I know like with with Pennsylvania obviously being a case state that a lot of breweries who aren't used to that sort of market find it really frustrating that you got to come in and you get you can't you have to do a sampler pack you can't be like hey buy a six pack at your local distributor you got to buy that case and you really have to say if i'm expecting you to buy loose candy you better be liking it because there's 24 beers of that right and not every consumer is going to sight unseen or untasted be like well i'll take a shot and i'll buy a whole case of this beer that i might not like you know that's a tough that's a tough market yeah and you know we're asking a lot of our, our customers to be willing to make that gamble and say you know all right i'm going to drop you know, 40 or 50 bucks on this case of beer. So, you know, what's in it better be good. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Um, well, I certainly have uh, enjoyed your beers. I think we were talking earlier uh, that the first time I was exposed to them was at a hilariously awesome time of people dancing obliviously to, um, like, polka music while drinking where, like, there's this raging storm overhead that was actually dangerous with lightning strikes and the whole shebang. And uh, I remember uh, the theme of the brewery, Heavy Seas, with... Uh, ships pirates that kind of thing was really actually really great and then the beer was quite delicious on top of it so do you know the history of like how all that came to be of of why you chose that particular brewery chose that particular theme to go with yeah yeah absolutely so we we started out back in uh in 95 
and the, the, the brewery, and technically the, the brewery's name is still Clipper City Brewing Company. Okay. Uh, Heavy Seas Beer is the brand. And we were found as Clipper City Brewing because uh, the, the Clipper ship was sort of the, the pinnacle of nautical engineering. Um, it was the, you know, the fastest ships that, that were on the, on the seas. And so our, our founder, Hugh Sisson, uh, wanted to reflect that in the craft of the beer that we were making. So he called it Clipper City, you know, being we were in Baltimore and, and the home of Clipper Ship, like I said, and, and, and to try to, uh, to convey that, that dedication to craft and, and, and precision. So the name was great locally, and as we grew, you know, starting out from just in the, in the local Maryland area, we got further and further from home, and the, the meaning of the name gets diluted uh, away from Baltimore. You know, people may not fully understand that that tie-in. And also, as time went on, we were we had different products and different brand names. So we had Clipper City branded beers. We had um, we had Oxford brand beers, which was for a while just a, it, its own thing, and then uh, became an organic line for a while. Oh. And we had uh, we started making higher gravity, more full flavored beers that we called the, the heavy seas line of beers. And as the years went on, it became obvious that the, the heavy seas branded beers were the ones that were, were really driving the, the future of the company. Okay. And so, it, you know, if you were a consumer in North Carolina, you, you, know, you may not know that the Clipper City beer that you were buying was the same as the Oxford, was the same as the heavy seas. So. We decided to make it a lot more simple and just brand everything as Heavy Seas and, and keep it under one name and, and one brand. And I think that that's been great for us. We, we made that change, uh, I want to say that was either beginning of 2010 or 2011. And ever since we've done that, it's been nothing but positive growth. So awesome. it, it, was, it was the right decision for us. And, and it's given us a, a much better identity of, of who we are and, and what we do. Well, Baltimore's got to be the perfect home for that because you have Inner Harbor where you have actual clipper ships that are still yeah. in use, like come in and they celebrate that history, that nautical history and engineering. Yeah, exactly. um, and boy, are they impressive to see when they come in. I can't imagine being like one of those guys in the crow's nest jumping up and down the rigging like in the middle of rough seas, you know, uh, 200, 300 years ago. That's that's insane. That had to have been terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a friend who's uh, his, um, his cousin is a huge sailor, and that's like after high school. That's what he did is he signed up on a clipper ship and, and mm -hmm. did that and he has some pretty harrowing stories of being in storms where it's like you got to drop or bring up the sails and it's intense wow it's crazy so how did you get into the, the whole process you started home brewing um, yeah yeah I was uh, I was a home brewer for years uh, in my in my previous life I was a, a supervisor at UPS and you know I was slinging boxes to pay the bills essentially and but really enjoyed craft beer enjoyed brewing and uh, one day, just decided to send my resume out to a few breweries, and uh, you know, a bunch of local ones. Fordham was was still brewing in Annapolis back then, and uh, Victory, Trogues, all those guys. And and I just got lucky that Clipper City Heavy Seas was was hiring at that time. There were so it was back then. I think we were about 12 employees, and the uh, the two guys that was the head brewer and the packaging manager both had just recently left the company. And at that time, there were two brewers, and they basically promoted those two guys to fill those those slots. So one became brewmaster, one became packaging manager, and they hired two brewers. And one was myself, and uh, another was a guy named Chris Mallon, who's uh, he, he's down at Caboose Brewing in Virginia now. And we, we literally started within a couple of days of each other and, and brewed together there for, uh, like I said, I, I brewed about two years, and he stayed with us until uh, a couple of years ago, I guess, he, he left. So, so what was the... Uh what was the starting size uh, setup that you guys had there when you first started? It was a 50-barrel brew house, um, and we had 11 100-barrel fermenters back then. 
Um, we've since grown to 25 different fermenters, uh, most of which are either 150 or 200 barrels. And actually now we've got, we have two 240 barrels and we've got three more on the way that should be here in September. So, so you've seen a lot more tanks. Pretty big growth since yeah. starting to where you guys yeah, are at now. Absolutely. It's, it's been nuts. And, and this, this year has been great for us, too. We've... Uh, we posted some really nice numbers, and uh, the, the brand just continues to grow, and it's crazy. Even in our home market, I mean, we're you know we're looking at 20% growth or so for this year, and and most of that's still at home. So e- even you know when we thought maybe we were starting to get a little saturated in Baltimore, we just we just keep growing there, and it's amazing. Well, I mean, it's awesome uh, when you think Baltimore. I mean, it's you guys and Duclar, though, the ones that come up. So and. That's great, you know, because I love both of those breweries. This this collaboration here uh, is sort of, you know, obviously Joe Boys is our, lo- you know, close to us at home, but, uh, you know, for Baltimore, it's great. So how did you end up meeting uh, Jeff and Joe? Uh, so my wife Pam and I are, uh, we're, we're big into the Renaissance Festivals. We work at the Maryland Renaissance nice. Festival, and we, we come up to the Celtic Fling that's held up here and the, and the Pennsylvania Renaissance Festival. So one year, I guess it was uh, probably about four years ago or so, uh, we were staying over in Mannheim when we came up to one, and you know I just pulled up. I don't know, it was Rape Beer or Beer Advocate or something, just looking for something in the town. And you know, sure, lo and behold, there's a little brew pub called Joe Boys. And I said, "Oh, great!" And so we uh, we decided to walk down and check it out, and had no expectations, didn't know anything about the place. And as soon as I opened the door and smelled the barbecue, I was like, "Okay, I'm home. This is this is where it is." So uh, we we sat down at the bar, and Jeff and and Joe were behind the bar, and we ended up striking up a conversation. You know, Started talking beer and, and have been here ever since. So awesome for us to hear locally that there there is that Lancaster, Lidditz, this area has a, a draw for people from Baltimore the same way that obviously Baltimore and Inner Harbor uh, tons of people a commute for work but also go down there because the Inner Harbor like personally is gorgeous and I love spending time down there. Um, so it's nice that there's this back and forth and that yeah, uh, it really is. There's so much to do up here I and mean, we love it. We we're up here three or four times a year and it's just. You know, between Joe Boys and you've got uh, you know all the festivals that are up there. Like I said, uh, you know we like going down to Lancaster. You know, there's a lot of spots there, so it's just there, there's always something to check out, and we, we love it. So I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, has Heavy Seas done the Renaissance Fair beer fest there that they have there? No, we haven't. Okay, um, I was I was trying to remember. I didn't think so. The, the, Seems like that would be a perfect fit for you as Heavy yeah, Seas no and kidding. the Renaissance Fair. So Pennsylvania, they have, they've got their own brewery on site. They got uh, yeah, uh, uh, Swashbuckler, uh, which would be a little bit of a conflict for terrible. us. Terrible. So. I would much rather you guys than them. <laughs> I am not a big fan of their beer. Um, so they, they obviously have their own thing. And then the Maryland Renaissance Festival has a, a long history with the distributor that supplies them. That's not the same distributor that carries us. So uh, you know they've they've had uh, they got Sam Adams and Fordham in there, and they've had them in for a long time. We've talked to them in the past. It's just they don't. Doesn't seem to be an interest there, so. Okay. But I'd love to see us in there. It would be, it would be great. I mean, yeah. We are, we're the local brewery there, so. Well, and you, you have that historical event, you know, and maybe not obsessively the same way the Renaissance Fair was, where you guys aren't showing like, hey, head to the starboard side of the brewery or anything. But uh, it's nice to at least have somebody who has that that history back, especially since, um, you know, beer itself has such a, a long and lengthy and wonderful history. Yeah. And we do sell. Uh, some of our friends actually run the. Virginia Renaissance Festival, and they, they do keep us on tap down there. They're awesome. they're great to us. Uh, they're down in uh, on the uh, Mount Hope uh, Winery. Oh, oh sorry, okay. Lake Anna, Lake Anna, Mount Hope's up here. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> oh, that's a. Con- I'm mixing up my Ren fairs. 
<laughs> oh, it's uh, Lake Anna Winery. They're on the grounds there, and, and they always have loose cannon and peg leg going down there. So, so what are what would be uh, the, like the the flat? Uh, like I know loose cannon really well because I really like that one. But what would be the other ones that people around here would expect to see from you guys? Well, so our, our year rounds are loose cannon, uh, small craft warning is our Uber pills. We've got peg leg, our Imperial Stout. We do then on the lighter side. We've got Powder Monkey Pale Ale. Our Cutlass Amber Lager. Oh, Cutlass, yeah. And Cutlass is our most award-winning to date. It's had many names over the years. Uh, formerly, it was Balto Mars Hun. So it was, it's a, it's a Meritson-style beer. So for those that aren't familiar with the, the Baltimore uh, lingo, people call each other Hun there a lot. So we, we called it Balto Mars Hun, H-O-N. And uh, again, back to kind of what I was saying earlier, where the message gets lost when you get away from home. It's just... You know, people didn't get it outside of Baltimore, so we changed it to uh, Balto, or, or sorry, Clipper City Meritson, and then when we rebranded Heavy Seas, it became Heavy Seas Meritson, and then it became Cutlass. <laughs> so it's, it's had a lot of names, but it's actually taken, it took uh, JBF medals five years in a row uh, from 2007 on, so it's, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call it, it's won a lot of awards. So. <laughs> That's yeah, good. That was one that I remembered as well. I, you know, obviously didn't remember off the top of my head, but the moment you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, well, that's cool. How many uh, like beers do you guys brew in any one time? We do. We do seven year rounds. Okay. So the other guy didn't mention our, our, our Gold Ale and Cutlass, which or, sorry, uh, Crossbones, which is one of our newer ones this year. It's our session IPA, and then we do throughout the rest of the year. We'll have another four seasonals that we we run quarterly that are in 12 ounce and then every other month we do our Uncharted Water series which are our, our big beers okay. you know, some sort of wood treatment generally barrel aged and uh, those come out every other month in 22 ounce and pretty limited draft those are all pretty small batches for us okay. uh, the most recent one was Blackbeard's Breakfast that was a uh, imperial porter brewed with coffee and aged in bourbon barrels and then we've got coming up next will be so you, you may be familiar with Red Sky at Night. It was a beer that we've done for years. It was our, our Saison. We kind of beefed that up. We're calling it Red Sky at Morning now. And it's going to be a 9% Saison that's aged in Chardonnay barrels. And that's going to come out uh, right at the beginning of July. We'll start shipping that. That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, I got to taste some out of the barrel the other day, and it's, it's coming along real nice. That's got to be the perk of actually working there. Even if you might be off the line, that's got to be nice to yeah, pop yeah, exactly. in and taste the stuff all the time. Well, that's great. I'm glad to see that you guys and, and Duclaw are friendly, that it's it's not a big rivalry down there between the two of you. No, not at all. Friendly well, rivalry, perhaps. It really can't there. be as long as my wife still works there. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she used to work for us. So, you know, she was with Heavy Seas. Kurt was originally with Heavy Seas. So, yeah, we've got a lot of crossover between the two of us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I guess uh, I didn't quite expect you guys to be as large as you are. Uh, you know, we, we obviously get your beer up here, but I've only really seen a l basically the flagships, your main guys, and every now and again maybe a, a sampler pack of other stuff. So maybe my distributor's not as uh, friendly as he should be. Yeah, you know, we honestly, we, we've got our coverage in this area of, of Pennsylvania isn't our, the strongest. I mean, we, we're we really focused on the, the Philadelphia market, so Which makes it's a little sense. easier to find yeah. over there. And plus, like some of our limited stuff with the 22s is, as you're talking about it being a K-State, yeah. it's a little harder to get the, the 22s out there in, in Pennsylvania. But uh, you can always come down State Line Liquors over in. Uh, Love that they, place. They always have all our stuff. Yeah, so. that's that's a that place is like a mecca, man. You yeah, walk in there and it's just like holy crap. Yeah. 
I think it's about like an hour from here-ish, and a beautiful drive down there too. And then you go in there, and it's like, I want to buy all the things. Like, can I just get a tractor trailer and pull up, and I'll just buy one of everything? That's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, a place to go for beer. Um, although I would never say to a cop that uh, I did not buy and then drive a ton of beer back across the border because right. they'll want tax money for that. But uh, uh, that's a good location. Well, awesome. It's so awesome that you guys are up here at the time. It's so awesome that you are uh, doing this collaboration brew. Um, I'm really fascinated. It's, it's going to be my first taste of a smoked IPA. Um, I didn't think such a thing would be uh, possible. Well, obviously possible in terms of brewing, but I don't know if it's how tasty it was going to be. But all of you guys have spoken very highly of how it's your experimental batch went. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. That batch tasted really good, so I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for joining us here. Uh, this has been a, a sure. awesome day for us. Um, watching you guys do it on like an actual pro system versus watching guys do it in a little rinky-dink homebrew system has been actually extremely educational. It's nice to know that it's not always brack-breaking labor to transfer one thing or another and, and whatnot. But uh, to your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but thank you for joining us. We don't want to take up any more time. you got plenty of brewing and other stuff to do. But uh, My pleasure. Really happy having the show. And uh, we would love to come down, talk to you guys down in your home turf uh, in the near future. Anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you. So here we are with a sample of what's coming out on July 4th, the, the currently unnamed experimental smoked IPA. Um, when you guys get a name, I'll actually say the name. But uh, beautiful color. Um, the carbonation looks amazing. I'm just watching yeah. the bubbles come up from the bottom. It's got a nice little uh, creamy head, but a finger, which I really enjoy. Having problems with the nose only because they just added the, uh, the hops to the boil behind us, and uh, that is... Smelling up the entire room, which is infectious. Oh my god. Yeah. This is good. So this is not at all what I expected, but in a great way. I was really worried that the smokiness was going to be the primary flavor. And it's, it's there, but it is subtle. It's essentially a solid IPA. Actually a little sweet, I'd even say. A little sweet. And then on the back end, just a little bit of smokiness to no, cut it I, out. It's, I like this. So yeah. You have the sweetness, you have the hoppiness up front, and then there's that smokiness in the back. It's just like, this is perfect. As it lingers in the tongue, the, is, uh, the smokiness comes out more and more. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, I have friends who are like the biggest campfire beer people, where they just want to be able to <laughs> chew on charcoal in a beer. And uh, that's what I was afraid this was going to be. But no, this is actually extremely, extremely well balanced. And... Uh, yeah, with a hint of smoky. I actually, I dig it. It's not too bitter. Uh, there's a really nice uh, sweetness to the IPA. I don't know what hops you guys use and what malts we, you guys we use. We use Cascade mostly. Cascade um, and Nugget in this. In this, in the smokiness, I've done a lot of smoky beers in the past, and I wanted to be sure that one of the things, um, like like you said. One of the things I think sometimes uh, happens with these types of beers is they get uh, the smoke overrides all the other flavors mm -hmm. and everything. Uh, that's why we purposely do not use a peat type uh, uh, grain to smoke with. We use a, a German beech nut okay. uh, that we smoke with, and uh, we're very careful about how we add it into uh, into the mash so you know it doesn't overwhelm it. We want the hops, we want the smoke to come out. Uh, one thing that we did change a little different than the beer that you currently are, are drinking is we are going to add more hops 
toward the end to pick up a little bit more of an aroma with the hops and stuff okay. uh, as we go uh, go forward with it. It's great. I actually, we were talking with Kevin earlier about what is a great beer to pair with the barbecue here. Yeah. And he was saying, well, I don't know if I've had enough one way or the other of, of pairing the, the two together. But I actually think right now, this will probably be, of the beers I've had that I can think about, this might be my favorite of pork. This is that, excellent. That, that subtle smokiness really makes me want to crave some pork. You know, it really does. I, uh, it was designed for the, for the smoked meats. So that was what it was all built around. I think it's going to be perfect. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, well, honestly say I was dubious of a smoked IPA, but I am now a believer. <laughs> I like it. Good. Yeah, you just get the smokiness on the end. I really, that is kudos. Kudos to whoever came up with the recipe. That was a uh, combination of Kevin and I who okay. uh, put that together. So. Yeah, I really, really dig it. I think uh, I think most people on the first first blush of the flavor wouldn't even necessarily say that it was smoked, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, "Wait, wait, there's something here. What is that?" And then and put it together. Well, we obviously collaborated since this is a collaboration. We collaborated with uh, Duclaw and we collaborated with uh, Heavy Seas, and they both said, "Hey, that's what we had in mind too." So awesome. Um, everybody was pretty much uh, when we were talking via email. Everybody was pretty much on. With the recipe that we had, uh, that in the input, uh, of course, Kurt from Declaw, the one that suggested, you know, a smoked IPA. I never even heard of one. We couldn't, find, <laughs> we couldn't find when we researched on the internet. We couldn't find anything, so we just kind of had to come up with our own thing. But, um, but uh, it was it was a, a, a general collaboration between all all uh, three breweries and stuff. So. Well, you just set the bar really high for any future endeavors on smoked IPA. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, it's an, uh, amazing to me that somebody could sit down and say, this is what I wanted to taste to like, put together a recipe and on first or second attempt have it taste. I mean, obviously it sounds like you guys tweaked it just a little bit, uh, mostly for aroma for the current batch Correct. that you're doing. Just to pick up a little bit more aroma from the hops in the, uh, in the nose end of it when you, uh, when you picked it up and it came to your, to your mouth. And, this is just like throwing some, if, to me it just feels like I'm going to take a bunch of cans of paint and throw them in a canvas and then voila, here comes a beautiful still life. Like I, just, I as a home brewer am nowhere near this level, so for me it's just sort of like, I'm going to throw ingredients together and hope it goes out well. And uh, to have this level of expertise to do something as good as that is really great, especially with um, out any extract or anything along those lines, you guys did it the natural way, which is really, really awesome. Um, and, you know, what a great crew after talking to all three brewers. I mean, just great guys to spend an afternoon brewing with. So. They are great guys. Uh, it's uh, It's been a good friendship, good relationship we've had over the years. And uh, we were we were actually honored and tickled to death that uh, they asked us to do a collaboration with them. So uh, it, was, um, it turned out to be everything we thought it would be. So. Well, how did that start? Who approached who about, about collaborating? Well, uh... Kurt and John and their wives were at the bar, and um, I had walked up to, as I do every time they come up to Lidditz from Baltimore, and we just started talking, and uh, Kurt had brought up something about, hey, look, why don't we do a collaboration on something? And so we started talking about it, and then we started emailing each other back and forth, and uh, he said, hey, I got an idea. Let's try a smoked IPA. And I went, wow, okay, never heard of that. Let's try it. That would go great with our meats. Um, all as do all of our smoke beers that we do here. Um, they just it just takes on a whole different dynamic. You drink the beer by itself, and then you drink the beer after you've tasted smoked pork or smoked brisket or smoked chicken, and it just takes on a whole 
whole different level. It just, it's just the way that it melds in and everything. It's a perfect match. I, I can't argue with that logic. Yeah. I think that even the barbecue sauce mm -hmm. is going to pair splendidly right. with this. So yep. I think it's really going to enhance. Uh, I mean, the, the meats will enhance the beer, and the beer will enhance the meats. So that's mm -hmm. exactly what you're looking for for yeah. something like this. So yeah, I am. I'm tickled. I am. I'm very much. Well, we can't wait to break it out on the Fourth of July for our one-year anniversary here in Lettitz. And uh, um, um, it's uh, we we survived one year in Lettitz so far. So <laughs> we're in our sixth year overall, but we survived the one year so far. It's uh, certainly been uh, a trials and tribulation type thing, but uh, it's worked out real well, and we're real happy to be here. And we're glad to be able to introduce this beer, which will probably end up being one of our signature beers here at Joe Boys. So it'll always probably be on the menu. I hope so. This is fantastic. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that the moral of the story is is that when you walk into a beer place, talk to the guy behind the bar or the woman behind the bar because they might actually own the joint and you may end up doing a collaboration beer four years <laughs> later. That is actually really great in celebration of their one year anniversary. So um, yeah, I'm actually actually listening to all those guys talk, and the number of times I was in the Manheim location, I was like, oh, I never got to meet Jeff behind the bar. I always had uh, somebody else working there behind the bar. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, th I think this is going to be a, a fabulous beer for your one-year anniversary. I think it's really going to put um, the best foot forward for you guys. It seems like Lidditz has adopted you wholeheartedly, and you guys, of course, adopted Lidditz wholeheartedly. Um, and I, I think uh, having Heavy Season Duke Law, who are two great powerhouses in Baltimore, to kind of come in and uh, give a little bit of their blessing as well is, is just great. Yeah, we, we enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've all been excited about being able to get together and uh, enjoy each other's company, but more importantly, coming up with a, a beer that's unique, uh, we think, uh, for what we're trying to do here and stuff. So it's been a lot of fun for, for all of us and stuff. And uh, we hope to uh, come up with some more collaborations as time goes. Uh, it's nice. I've said it before and I'll repeat it here. My only complaint with this place is it's not within walking distance of my home. <laughs> that's, that's really I'm not going to make any complaints with <laughs> this place. <laughs> Jesse's learned his lesson. But, yeah, uh, Jeremy's gun shining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, uh, but uh, I would be really appreciate, appreciate it, Jeff, for having us up here again today. Hey, um, this was a really fun time. Guys. Yeah. Uh, I've been loving watching the guys work in your system, having that infectious smell all day, mm. starting with the the grains going to a finished you know finished beer you obviously got to ferment but uh yeah. it's been great the guys have been great and it's Good. just been a wonderful Good. experience well we want to thank you guys for coming up really mean that from the bottom of my heart uh always welcome anytime hope to uh, see you guys on the fourth when we have uh the official introduction of uh joe boy's smoked ipa um, by that time we will have a name i hope <laughs> and um um, just look forward to uh, uh, getting together again with you guys. So thank you so much for thank everything. You. Appreciate it. Well, here's to six years and six more upcoming. So, Hope so. Uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. This collaboration beer will be released at Joe Boys on July 4th, their one-year anniversary lettuce. Go that day to enjoy their authentic Southern pig roast, live music, and, of course, lovable stick figure characters. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep on drinking. We met a couple of the guys from uh, Mexitali in New York, yeah. and we had a lot of fun talking. They were trashed, so it was just, it was a lot of fun. And they had we do uh, Duplo does a chocolate peanut butter porter, and then they had one. So there was a lot of trash talking back and forth between <laughs> the Mexitali guys and us. The chocolate peanut butter porter just because that would be yeah. it. Yeah, I love it. That is it's that's our that's like our that's our I guess. I guess you could say flagship. That applies more for heavy season. 
What's your bread and butter? Or your bread and peanut butter is But we stopped uh, on the way back, we stopped at uh, Mexitali on the way home just to check it out, and it was the beers were really good too. Although I got I got to try more of the high ABV ones because you were driving, so it's like okay, I'll try. So I, can, I was drinking about those enchiladas later though. Oh, the enchiladas. Yeah, so that was and York. I mean, it's less than an hour for us to just like run up there. And Harris, even if it's now right here, it's like hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes to get up here. It's not. Eighty three is really nice. Yeah, you just pop it short. Yeah, up. It's, it's really easy. Yeah, yeah, it's easy for us. It takes longer to drive to Ocean City. Who wants to go to Ocean City? We can come here. Here's <laughs> <laughs> to get happy beer and sit in the beach. Here you can come and get good beer and sit outside. Well, heavy sea system has to be a lot bigger than imagine. Your system's got to be a lot. Yeah, yeah we're a 60-barrel brew house. Okay. And we've got 25 fermenters of various sizes. The totals are just under 4,000 barrels of fermentation space. Okay. So I see your stuff everywhere. It's good. I mean, it's good stuff. In fact, I had your stuff for the first time four years ago at the uh, Stouts uh, Beer Fest. And it was the year that there was like a bloody hurricane out there and the whole place was shaken. And, uh, and I, I remember the whole place shaken and I remembered uh, Loose Cannon from you guys. And that was like my favorite of the day. Is that the year Cashford did it? Because I know he, he did it one year and he came back talking about how sick everything was. Oh man, how sick. <laughs> well, it was, it was like clear day and also it was pouring and like the building was kind of shaking. It was blowing the wind so hard. Yeah, I, this is my favorite part of home brewing is you just get that smell like starts and grainy and goes closer and closer to the beer. And then by the end of the day, you're like, what's the beer here? Beer. Nice. You might want beer? Yeah. Yeah.